Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of That Was a Hoot! And I have Zin Z Zipikatuku That's good. <laughs> Leave it in. Yeah, why not? Recap series. <laughs> so today, season two is done. I mean, that was that was last time. Yeah. Today it's been done for a week. Yeah. Two two weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And then that's how time works. <laughs> um, and then what are we doing now? We're starting Shed? comics. We're starting the boom series that came out in twenty. 18 mm-hmm. uh 2017 2017 2018 the f- first issue came out in 2017 but okay. it was like That's december yes yeah so this is the uh the what we could call volume two of comics because their marvel had the first run of them uh, at this point in time would they have already known like joe murray and team that the movie was happening like they're working on it at this point in time because it came out in summer of 2019 right for okay. static that clean. sounds right I mean, animation does take a while, so one would think that you would have a, a sense of this happening also. Yeah. Uh, this is also the the first uh, storyline that we're doing completely out of order mm-hmm. from the rest, um, because the first volume happened during season two. Right. Uh, so we didn't, it weren't technically out of order, but this, we definitely are seeing things that haven't happened yet. And when we go back to season three, four, it won't. And uh, right, there are sets of inconsistencies that we could, yeah, that we will be able to find, kind of highlight those things as we yeah. go on. And that's what I was getting at. It was like, it seems like as much as Static Cling felt like nothing really left us, and then it was just kind of picking up where mm-hmm. we left off initially, there are certain differences in, in writing and different mannerisms that things right. are kind of taken. And I kind of feel like this was already that was already in the process when they were doing these comics, yeah. Because it kind of feels more of that ilk versus, though, you know, if I'm not mistaken, ago. static like the, clean. I guess I could say, like, the comic books just don't seem the same. Like, the very first ones we read that were from like 1994 <laughs> versus right. this. Well, and and if I'm not mistaken, and we'll we'll hit it again when we get there, but static cling uh, plays off the like something happens in season four. And we don't pick up until season, until static cling. Yeah. Because they're in space. Yeah. Like they've been going through something. So this comic actually doesn't take place in time with the mm-hmm. with the movie with the movie you, to series either, correct? The, there was nothing in this that's led me to believe that like technically this could have happened after Static Cling, even though they wrote it before right. yeah. the movie was released. Yeah. Or it could have happened before season four got over. Sure. In timeline. So they're they're all kind of I guess the biggest thing because it was like the like you start off in this first issue and he's working for an insurance agency. Right. And that didn't happen in season three or four. That's true. Good point. That's what I was trying to think. I was like, where would he have and we didn't keep the job for long spoilers, so Right. I mean we we've kind of go through a a little (laughs) a montage montage of different trying to find jobs or jobs that just really don't work out. But he's there for like I don't know, how long is he at the chicken place? Like an hour? Maybe less. I feel like that's a uh, gonna be. I don't. It's been a while since I've read this. Yeah. So like, it's eight issues total. You yeah. can, if you are reading along at home, you can pick it up on Comixology. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read digital, it's on the unlimited uh, thing. So you can do like the five, six buck, the six bucks a month, and you can read these all uh, mm-hmm. in one fail swoop uh, if you'd like. Or you can buy them physical. Of course, I've got the the physicals is what I read uh, for this, just because I had them. So I was like, why not? And then I guess for future reference, eventually we're going to read Rocco Mod- Rocco's Modern Afterlife. Yeah, 
which those comics are also on Comicsology yep. as well. And uh, this is technically what we're going to cover today is the first half of volume one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's four issues per volume, eight total. So you do the math. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into it. Issue one uh, is written by Ryan Ferrer, Ferrier. I like uh, Ferrier. You like Ferrier? It's mm-hmm. fancy. Uh, illustrated by Ian McGinty. Colors by Fred C. Stressing. And letters by Jim Campbell. No funny names in this book. Um, the main cover, main covers for this entire series is Jorge Monlongo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kills it. The it's fucking a- artwork for the covers and just in general in the issues itself yeah. are all... Really, really beautiful work. Absolutely. It's good stuff. So in this first story we've encountered that is uh, is definitely out of order from the TV series like we discussed. Uh, we first see Rocco working at the call center where he is getting called in to talk to his manager. Uh, he, his, uh, he was on a phone call and they asked to speak to his manager and that transfer of phone who's call. Who is a giant manatee. Yes. And uh, so he's called into his boss's office and immediately fired. Uh, I guess the the phone call didn't go as expected. Uh, as Rocco is walking home with his stuff in a box, uh, we see in the background that Kangamo is uh, now uh, has a big bankrupt banner across it because that's how you uh, identify that. So this is the biggest change besides the new job or the lack thereof is that Kangamo somehow has yeah. shut down. Do you wish that um, all big companies, when they're forced to go bankrupt, have to do that? It's like a, like a stipulation. <laughs> like, if your company recovers, maybe you can take it down, but you have to leave it up there until you get to that point. And then they have to say, was bankrupt. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's a little asterisk at the That's end right. of the thing, and they could put another side sign down below the big one. So Rocco's worried about he uh, how he's going to get uh, feed Spunky and uh, keep with his bills that are coming in when Heifer and Filbert arrive to, at the house. Uh, they just... Come over to eat all of his food. Uh, they're hungry. Want to eat all of it. Filbert says that his doctor told him that if he has one more serious hunger pain, that it could lead to pancreatitis. <laughs> um, I will say Filbert uh, is the star of these issues. Like he has the best jokes in this and he typically doesn't in the show in the cartoon. No, uh, but he he gets the best lines in in the series. in the cartoons. He is the butt of the joke. Yes, yeah. he definitely has the best jokes, and I mean, as you can see, like best pun. Yes, playoff things. He gets that quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rocco tells them the fridge is empty and he has lost his job. Heifer's concerned about the baking soda in the freezer, though. He's like, "Please tell me there's still the baking soda in the freezer." He wants the baking soda <laughs> so he can eat it. <laughs> it's nasty. He said, "Is there at least baking soda in the freezer still?" <laughs> yeah. um, Heifer and Filbert try to help Rocco find a job and update his resume when Rocco spots an ad in the paper for a room for rent. Uh, The ad reads, wanted, room for rent, will pay major dollars, no questions asked. Uh, Rocco likes the idea and says uh, he is going to charge a little extra when he splits the costs and Bob's your uncle. Uh, To which Heifer replied, "Uh, my uncle's Charlie. Rocco calls the number and immediately the doorbell rings. It's Chalmers, the sloth. Uh, the person who it put out the ad in the first place, Chalmers is a bro do type personality. He calls Rocco his broom mate and uh, asks Rocco if he's a seal. <laughs> Chalmers, I don't like Chalmers. No, no, he's not, I, my, he's not I, my cup I, of tea. I, I had high hopes for him, as in, like, he's just gonna pay the money 
he'd be kind of a douche canoe at first or something with like all the partying right. and stuff. And then maybe he'd clean up the act and he would just be a nutty fourth member right. of the three person crew that we have. <laughs> uh, that is that it didn't, not, it didn't spoilers really doesn't work out. out. <laughs> Chalmers thinks the house is a dump, but he says he can work with it and has a dump trunk dump. There's a lot of dumps in one sentence. Uh, <laughs> has a dump truck dump all of his stuff onto Rocco's driveway. The stuff includes a skull, a goldfish in a bowl, a cooked ham, a pineapple, a safe, a red chair that looks like it could match Rocco's couch, an inner tube, a lava lamp, a swordfish, and pasture puppies. Oh, that's good news for Heifer. Hef. Later on, Rocco finds out that he has an interview in the morning. Rocco says that he'll treat Spunky to a feast of anything off the dollar menu where they can share tomorrow. It's so sad. We also see Bloody and Squirmy starving inside of Spunky. As uh, Rocco lays down for bed, loud noises start going on downstairs. So Rocco goes downstairs to see what's up, and uh, we see that Chalmers is throwing a party, and it's just getting started. Chalmers isn't receptive to turning down the music or stopping the party. In fact, he asks if he can tear down some of the walls in the house that are getting the, getting in the way of the party. Uh, the next morning, Rocco has bags under his eyes as he goes to interview kind of a lot of comics where... He appears to be under new management. These are like some serious, serious comic book nerds. Yes. Um, I think they even, they don't they say something to the effect of like, this nerd isn't even nerd-centric or yeah, oh, whatever. They, like they say whenever they kick him yeah. out kind of a thing. Uh, so they quiz him on comic book knowledge, which he fails to, does not get the job, um, gets kicked out of the store. Uh, then he goes to Chunky Chicken, not Chokey Chicken. They changed which, the name. Which is weird. Uh, and asks if they're hiring. Uh, they hire him on the spot, and they fry the chicken, <laughs> fire the chicken fry cook who'd been working there for the past three years <laughs> on the spot. Just you're fired. He looks like he's been having a hard time doing yeah. it, though. Like he looks a little distressed. Um, do you think the chunky chicken was like a stipulation of Boom when they brought him on because they were trying to? This was around the same time they also did a Rugrats comic book, and they were trying yeah. to make well, things there's a little nothing, more. Like, that's why I was saying like there's definitely distinctions between writing and feel the. One that came out in '93, mm-hmm. that those comic book series were a bit more risque. We even mentioned it too a few times in the episodes where we were like, "There's some stuff that happens in here that doesn't necessarily happen in the like in the TV show, like yeah. Rocco getting pissed off, maybe right. a little bit of the same naughty nods and stuff like that." So I think that the yeah the choky chicken thing probably would, to them was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to change. That's gonna have to go because there's that, that's a no fly zone for us. We know what joke you're trying to make." It's weird, though, because in the next issue we'll cover, there is something that is bizarre beyond the choky chicken. Yeah. Um, So Rocco burns his hands in the oil at the choky chicken, at the chunky chicken, sorry, and then burns the restaurant down. He comes home to bags of trash out in the yard, and Mr. Big Head's fence is broken. Inside the house, it's even more of a pigsty. Spunky is filthy and flea-ridden, and Rocco is fed up with Chalmers. What happened to Spunky that he got so filthy and flea-ridden? I think the house with, is just so That nasty. was like within a day's period of time. <laughs> yes. Uh, he goes off on Chalmers and tells him that he wants uh, him out of the house right now, and Chalmers made sure to let him know that he was paid in full for the month in advance, plus his security deposit, he said. Um, and it isn't uh, moving out unless Rocco is prepared to give him all that money back. Uh, so later that night, Rocco prays for a job so that he can afford to make Chalmers leave when Peaches shows up to offer Rocco a job. Dun, dun, dun. Question on this story. What do you think happened to Conglomo? 
I don't know. I guess that all kind of depends on the timeline thing, though, too. There's a lot of huge corporate like that was like. I don't know how to, yeah, I guess, describe it. You'd imagine whenever like Walmart really first started taking off and then Walmart was kind of your staple go to place yeah. in our area, especially for anything and everything that you needed. And then maybe eventually you started having other places come up like Best Buy became a thing or you go to for your electronics. You didn't have to go to just Walmart anymore. You know, different places would pop up and stuff. So maybe there was enough places that gave conglomo what they were doing business for anyway, competition enough that they would have to go bankrupt. For yeah, it. could be. I uh, I wonder because like Ed seems like he's still doing well. Like, so I guess he found another job somewhere. Mm-hmm. He seems like he wouldn't be someone fit for something besides the corporate world. So like maybe they gave him some kind of like a severance a package. severance package plus. Maybe he's of retiring age anyway now. It could be. Maybe he's point, retired. Maybe he hit like the big six five and he's retired with them and making that that social security money. Them toads don't you know, they they may not age. <laughs> them toads. They don't they may not have uh the wrinkles. The wrinkles. No. Uh, so we have the the uh the I uh, pickup story, I guess, on the back end. Uh and this one's called Dentist with dot 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 Mr. Beghead. There are no credits to this story um, anywhere in the book whatsoever. So nobody gets credit. I feel like that maybe it's just the same, just the same team, but they were just like, let's go with something that's a completely different art style, completely funky and out there. I guess it could just be. to do as a side story. Cause every other, but every other pickup story is by a different team. So that yeah. was what made me think that. I don't know. And they, they forget a major credit in this book, so it made me think that they potentially forgot the credit for this story as well Okay, uh, that we'll address on issue two. Uh, so Mr. Big has that the dentist and Dr. Hutchinson calls him up next. Uh, he panics that she is the his dentist today, which she says, oh, no, no, you'll be seeing Dr. O'Doherty, Doherty. Uh, who is a dog-looking man who has hooks for both of his hands, both of his feet, one of his eyes, and an ear. <laughs> Mr. Big Head has a toothache and he gets in the chair for Dr. O to check him out. The doctor says Ed needs a couple feelings, fillings, not feelings. Uh, he might need he might some need feelings. A couple of those too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a really nice dude. Right. <laughs> Ed freaks out about the hooks. And though Dr. O is offended by Ed's fear of the hook hands, he offers his intern to work on Ed instead. Uh, so in walks Bradley, the intern, a duck with <laughs> giant arms. <laughs> who is not very gentle, uh, forgets to use numbing gel as he has both of his arms nearly <laughs> elbow deep inside of Ed's mouth, prying out his cavities. <laughs> the end. Yeah, it's, it's a very, fun little story. Very short, but it's awesome. Yeah. I love Bradley just shoving <laughs> everything in there. Uh, so question on this, is one hook better than six? Um, I don't know. I mean, we never got to see Dr. O'Darty work. He might be good. So he might be even, I mean, he, it's it's... Hutchinson's mentor, so I mean, he, right. he could be extremely talented. You got points. She's got one hook. Maybe she's on her way to getting six, and we just don't know about it yet. What if that's like that is their way of graduating up? Is mm-hmm. that like, oh, you've got six hooks? That means like you're bad. A mm-hmm. F. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Volume two, issue two. This is written by, and uh, I believe the main team is the same across the board. Uh, written by Ryan Ferrier. Illustrated by Ian McGinty, colors by Fred C. Stressing, and letters by Jim Campbell. They did add created by Joe Murray on this one. So the first issue did not have created by Joe Murray. Every subsequent issue does. Is it on the main cover? 
Uh, it is not on anywhere in the issue one. Just there. Does not say created by Joe Murray. That's why I d- didn't know if it was on like the main cover, if it had like any nope. of the stuff on there for it. No. So <laughs> it, it he's not he's not the creator on the issue one. No. <laughs> All right. So Peaches offers uh, Rocco's a job as we previously left off. Um, and the contract for the job in heck and in where he would uh, get Rocco's soul as part of the job. Um, he starts working in heck immediately. A sign for Heck that says, uh, this time, welcome to Heck. Mind your manners. This ain't a barn. We got families here. <laughs> Peaches takes him through orientation where he goes over respect, integrity, integrity, and obedience. Rocco's first task is to adequately sanitize Peaches's, Peaches's rumpus room. No one knows what a rumpus room is. Uh, when Rocco comes home after work, just, we see that Chalmers has now put in a water park and a skate park in and around Rocco's house. Also would like to note that somehow Rocco has been able to travel to hell and back for a commute <laughs> daily. What did he say? He said, it's, he said it's a little bumpy or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Heifer's skating and says that he's shredding shredded beef. <laughs> Look at me, Rocco. I'm shredded beef. Uh, Bev and Ed are in the hot tub. Rocco goes, uh, goes to his roommate that he... Uh, no longer has find that he no longer has a roof on the top of the house anymore. Uh, Heifer and Filbert try to get Rocco to go back outside because Chalmers is going to turn off the water and pour peanut butter down the slides instead. Filbert is very excited, but also says that he may have a peanut allergy. So definitely, could be, I, I definitely think he does. He definitely does. Uh, Rocco explains that he has signed his soul over to Peaches in exchange for a job. Uh, Filbert views uh, the contracts and finds a loophole. Uh, that Larocco can get out of the deal if he can get Peaches to fire him. Uh, I, I this is very Filbert esque. Like this seems like right up his alley. Like the kind of person that would go over things with like a fine tooth comb. Yeah. Uh, I guess because he also seems like he's kind of would be like opinion pincher type person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I like that. Like he even already had like a giant magnifying glass for his he's ready to go glasses. Like his glasses were still on. Yeah. It was like it was like attached to it. You know, like he's a jeweler. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he's like a jeweler. <laughs> so Filbert reviews the contract. The blue Paul finds it. Uh, and when Rocco returns to work the next day, Peaches makes him milk his noggin flobules. This is where things are like. I don't care what they call the chicken shack. They have Rocco milking Satan's mm-hmm. head, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but did it seem like Peaches was like getting relief from this? Yeah, because he he said he holds his stress in his flobules. I know, but it like it like visually, like it looked like he was getting pleasure or relief from the niche, the actions. I guess itself. I, th- I I took it as like, I mean, yes, you could go a sexual route, or you could go more of like mm-hmm. the the joy you get from like your back getting popped even sure was kind of like, this was like the, the acid release, mm-hmm. uh, the, of, of the little, but the you gas. know, but it's also, also it was like white milky stuff coming out oh, of yeah. udders that are just spraying Absolutely. around. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, remembering that his goal is to get fired. Rocco squeezes and pulls on peaches, flobules until they're stretched out and peaches makes them stop. Next peaches makes Rocco clean and scrape the folds of the harm worms. Uh, while cleaning the harm worms, one bites, uh, one bites his hand. They all escape, destroying buildings and eating people in heck. Rocco asks Peaches if he was going to fire him, and Peaches tells him no. Uh, he's going to give Rocco mandatory overtime for a month instead. Ugh. One month later, 
Rocco comes back home and kicks Chalmers out once again. But this time, Chalmers has no way, uh, nothing to stand on because he has passed his next month's rent being due and he, he didn't he didn't have any argument. So Rocco explodes on him, unleashing that angry Rocco we've only seen a few times and mostly in comics, as you pointed out. Yes. Uh, Chalmers tells Rocco that he doesn't have any more money and will move to some dumpster to party. <laughs> Uh, showing that like his place was like whenever he first moves in, he does the, yeah, I guess it's cool. I can live here. I can make this work kind of a thing. Whereas he's also willing to do the same thing just in a dumpster. Yes. Uh, Rocco gets the idea to trade his contract, uh, with peaches for Chalmers. Um, peaches agrees and Chalmers goes to work in heck. Rocco goes back to the house to clean it and get everything back in order. Heifer and Filbert come over to help Rocco out. Yay. Yes. If you had a contract with Peaches, what would be the worst job he could give you? Oh, man. Besides Tire Builder? (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather milk his fuels? Absolutely. All day. (laughs) I don't know. Um, The worst job he could give me? It wouldn't necessarily. I was trying to think of like what what jobs are quote unquote dirty jobs, not with micro. Um, maybe micro. I don't know what he. I, he's done a lot of shit. That's yeah. like eight seasons worth of stuff there. He's done a lot. Um, but you know, like anything in the medical field doesn't really bother me. Right. You know, like poo poo and pee pee stuff, like taking care and cleaning people. That's gotcha. not that big of a deal. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what it would what it would be. There's a lot of shit that he probably would ask me to do that I wouldn't be happy about doing. But if it was right. my job and this is what I was getting paid to do, I'd probably be like, all right, I guess. I feel like for me personally, I'm not a big like outdoor get dirty kind of person. Mm-hmm. And there's a time that I can recall where I'm trying to do things out in the woods and I, it's, it's like rainy but hot so it's like i'm sweating but it's sticky yeah and there's mosquitoes out yeah and you can't stop them from biting you because it's just what mosquitoes do yeah so anything that made me do that Mm -hmm. i think would be my job in heck that i would just like dread i guess another thing would be like if it was a job that was relatively monotonous but it would be something to the effect of like you said you could see that you were basically going nowhere with what you were doing. Right. I don't really know of like something. Nothing to... you're achieving. It's just like it's trying to like dig a hole in sand. Yeah. Or yeah. it's just like constantly. Yeah, just it just keeps falling in. in kind of a thing. And then you're done for a day. And then you walk out and it looks like you've made zero progress. <laughs> like a job that does that yes. would be fucking horrible. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. So our pickup story on this one is called Costume Catastrophe. This is written and illustrated by Dave DeGrand. Heifer is pressuring Rocco to finish getting ready for the O-Town Comic-Con. Heifer's wearing a Captain Hungry costume, and Rocco is dressing as really, really big man. We haven't met Captain Hungry before, as far as I know. No, there's this a is... few other things, too, that yeah. happened. Uh, other characters, other characters that pop up. Yeah. In, uh, when he was trying out for the comic book store. He, they, they, when yes. they were quizzing him, they quizzed him about a few different... You're there was right. a guy that was something, something the toe... Or whatever in there. Okay. And uh, he knew nothing about any of those characters. Yeah. So they've, they've, they've expanded the comic book universe since we last met them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the costume uh, for Really, Really Big Man for Rocco is a bit big. And while they're on the con floor, Rocco knocks into people and knocks over things all over the place. It's just a hot mess. 
A group of con goers get mad at him and chase Rocco out of the con, where he runs into the real, really, really big name. Rocco and Heifer hide behind a bush while the angry crowd goes up to really, really big man. And uh, really, really big man thinks that these are his adoring fans, but they're really angry and they think that it was him. Yeah. And all their stuff. The end. Uh, so my question for you is, if you were to cosplay as someone for a con, who would it be? Like a real life person or a superhero as well? Whatever you want. Oh. Sky's the limit. Oh, don't say that. Guy's the limit. Guy is the limit. Guy's the limit. Guy's the limit. You can dress as anybody but Guy Fieri. <laughs> yes, you, he's the limit. <laughs> but I want to go to Flavortown. Um, oh, I want to dress up as Guy Fieri now. <laughs> Do a con. Uh, a, a really pale Mahatma Gandhi. That's who I want to go as. <laughs> who would I? I, I feel I want to like... dress up as. I want to cosplay as Gandhi, but Gandhi from the Clone High TV show. Yes. Awesome. Up top, babe. So, like, <laughs> I I like the idea of being in a costume that covers my face because then you can kind of nobody like knows whatever. who you are. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, kind of like a you. fun thing. Uh, would it be like a full costume, or you can kind of see your face like a Batman cowl, or? Uh, you know what i mean you know i was thinking about i was at uh the saluki comic-con uh recently and uh the uh one of my friends was dressed up like mandalorian yeah uh and so the the whole process was like oh that's really cool but he got stopped a lot to take pictures so like there's a little bit of a being too popular will make you have to you stop find, a lot. You want to find that sweet spot, a niche character that you really like. And somebody be like, has, oh, that's cool. But has cool full coverage. So you but you, you know, you're not being seen as a person and noticed, but you're also not getting stopped to take pictures every two seconds because right. the Mandalorian's hot. Yes, Mandalorian's hot item. So what's another character that know. you could be? Like there was a like, like there was an Axel there, like Axel from Kingdom Hearts. Axel Rose? No. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I want to be Slash. <laughs> slash yes but your hair just covers your face yes that's part of the costume yes like you just you even like staple or equip the rest of the hair together so it just looks like your cousin it only on the face yeah or cousin it there you go or is that too popular no <laughs> those fucking animated movies i i thought were flops it still shocked the shit out of me that they made a second one Same. for them podcast day is a very dangerous day This has been IFNZ Production. Yeah.